Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. I've got a listener warning for you. This is about to get geeky. How you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm really well. Um, it was a uh, yoga guys come the other day, didn't they? And uh, yeah. since then. Um, yeah, it's just give us a little bit of confidence to know that we're going in the right direction a bit more. I nice. think it's always nice to know external uh, people coming in and seeing what we're doing and yeah. sort of giving us feedback on just the concept. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for the listeners, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> yeah, so uh, my name's James Wheeler. I'm uh, one half of the Wellbeing Hub, which is a sort of non-clinical um rehabilitation center as such uh where we help people suffering from all sorts of uh, ailments from like neuro disorders and, and cancer and branching into covid recovery but also personally i deal with a lot with the mental health side and i'm also sort of like a mindset coach as such for like business entrepreneurs that struggle with their anxieties um but that's very much non-clinical as well um, yeah We've, yeah, we have a very non-traditional approach to how we address these like, situations. And how common is it for entrepreneurs to be suffering with anxiety? Do you know what? It's, it is so, so common. And I think people take it for granted as just being part and parcel of the process. Um, a lots of like a, well, a few of my clients come to me with sort of issues in that aspect, assuming it's business related and business related stress. And when you sort of strip it down, it's actually external factors that are affecting their mindset in terms of, and preventing them progressing from their business when they think it's all just that related. I think you kind of need to be that sort of character as well to want to be like a business owner. It takes a lot of drive yeah so and it's a uh, fomo fear of missing out you can't oh yeah 100 yeah <laughs> you can't be an entrepreneur and not really really be concerned with being the best or or offering the best or supporting your clients or supporting society and that obviously carries anxiety genuine yeah, yeah. Like logical anxiety but anxiety all the same <laughs> yeah like quite uh, sometimes i can be quite envious of people that are just content with what they're doing yeah and uh, and and the sort of nine to five life uh, that's never been in me in fact it's been a massive trigger for me in the past to yeah. be content like it's led to depression but yeah any anyone who wants to own a business yeah, you've got to want to just grow, consistently grow, consistently grow. And the dangers of that are there's going to be points where you're not growing, you're yeah. sort of planning, but nothing's really going anywhere. Yeah, we talked about that when we met up, didn't we, about yeah. business doesn't grow on a steady curve. It grows in steps. And yeah. the plateaus are a scary place for business owners. So have you spoken to a lot of business owners in that place? Yeah, so um, like growing not growing up as such, but sort of growing myself in what I'm doing now. Cause I've only recently started sort of pushing it as a business. So yeah. I've spoke to a lot of people in the past. Um, and it, even, even with like with freelancers as well, you get to the point where 
it's it's always it's a strange one. It's like, oh, it's because I'm too busy that I'm not growing. Yeah. It seems to be they, they seem to find excuses about being too busy and not having the time to do work that tends to be preventing them. That seems to be the most common one. Yeah. And it's always seems to be an an external factor that, that seems to be affected. Like the most common one is sort of like health and body image. Yeah. Like because that upsets them away from the business and then they lose focus. And then that in itself, like if you're down outside of your business, trying to motivate yourself while you're doing your work, you've already lost half the battle when you've woken up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, a lot of business owners will be able to relate to the idea of being stuck in their business rather than being able to work on their business. Yeah. But I think if they look at their situation with, their eyes wide open in an honest way take a step back very often they're, they're, there's no need for them to be that stuck in the business it's just that fear of relinquishing control yeah and that in itself as well if, if you're a very anxious person is is so much more harder as well because you just have these thoughts of what happens if they do this what happens if this happens but really again like we did we spoke about is you've got to get to your point where you're like, do you know what? Enough's enough. I'm I'm actually doing more damage to my business if I keep holding everything to myself. Yes. One, you can't do everything. And two, you're not as good as what you think you are when you start uh, what you need to get done. Yeah, I guess uh, like our recruitment model is every time we recruit, we try and recruit someone better than ourselves at whatever the task is we're recruiting for. Yeah. I mean, that's easier said than done in the sense that if there isn't an unlimited talent pool out there, but you can't just fill a business with people and then expect it to be okay. You you do have to find the people that can plug the gaps. Otherwise, if you're of an entrepreneurial mindset, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, uh, and it's actually a, a conversation me and, and Neil, my business partner, had recently it's like right if, if everything goes to plan and this grows as quick as we're hoping yeah what's we've got to employ people in our position because we can't grow the business if we're sitting taking the client consultations and the one-to-ones the problem that we're trying to get over is uh, the way we do things is very unique to us that's what make that's how that yeah. sort of usp is so it's uh so how do we ensure that we're going to employ the right people to do what we do the way we do it, mm-hmm. if not better. But fortunately, we do have like a talent pool that we can pick from people that we've know and grown up with and done stuff with in the past. But it's a scary thought that when you grow, you're gonna yeah, you're gonna limit that. You can only stretch that so far. So yeah. you have to go headhunt and such. Yeah, no, I I understand. I think um one of the best things we've done as a business, and it's a good tip for any business, is we write a playbook. And so if we bring people in who maybe, are, let's say I've brought someone in who's better at Facebook ads than me, they're still not going to understand the code break way. Yeah. So the playbook plugs the gap. This is how this is how we expect you to behave. This is our code of conduct. This is how we communicate with people. Plug your expertise into this. And that's worked really well for us. Yeah, and I think that's something that me and Neil need to write down, but it is something we do, like, in everything we do. Like, even coming to you guys, it was 
right? You had to tick the boxes. There had to be a sort of element of humour because we don't take things a lot seriously. And the end of the day, like we were joking about all these different things that I was watching uh, for like over a course of a year or so that you guys were doing. And even to the point of hiring a coach or um, even like a massage therapist or someone who's just going to work with us part-time, they need to fit within. So like everything we do, like from, from marketing, you need to be able to get what we're trying to do. Yeah. So now our next stage is, yeah, put it on paper, making sure that we can sort of recite this with everybody and sort of have a ticking box sort of thing that we can do for formalities. So what, what was the five pieces of criteria we had to fulfill to work with you? Yeah. So, so definitely like, being in mental health and um, especially from my point of view as in uh, sort of having social anxiety, yeah. you'd have to be like sort of approachable, sort of um, non-judgmental. Yeah. Like you can't give, like we've met, met a lot of people, especially in the clinical scene where this arrogance sort of yeah. just surrounds people sometimes and you feel that you know better. Be open-minded. Like we're very much inclusive here as well. So we was one of the first people in Essex, especially gyms that have been part of this transgender directory. So it's trans-friendly directory. Um, and humour, you can't get through anything without humour. And the added bonus was the type of humour that you guys had was like that geeky, especially for me, it's like geeky Marvel yeah. sort of humour. Um, but me and you are really silly at heart. Like, yeah. We we were downstairs dancing to Cotton Eye Joe earlier on while we was between clients. So I've got a story about that. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. But sorry, carry on. No, no. Yes, yeah, so it has. There had to be people that we would hang out with as such. Like, wouldn't be afraid to like catch a beer with, but also be able to be ourselves with. So talk. We talk about mental health quite openly. Both of us. Um, we talk about other things, other topics. Um, that are a bit like borderline but need addressing. So we can't have anyone that's, unless it's malicious, that's different, but we can't have anyone that takes offence with the conversations we have. Sure. Because we're having them for a reason. We're not having them because, like, we're trying to get our point across or we're trying to act like, like we're knowledgeable. These are issues that need addressing. So, yeah, obviously, if it's, if it's a malicious content, that's different. We don't mean that, but if you... We need people that won't take offence too easy because these are important issues. So when we're talking about how sort of certain businesses are failing people in certain areas, we can't have people get their backs up because they know someone who works at an organisation or they know like people that have done well in that. We're talking to it because we know firsthand this is happening, not because we're being spiteful. Yeah, yeah, straight talking. And I think... I've talked to a lot of clients about that and particularly people of an entrepreneurial mindset. If you can't have a straight conversation, well, one, don't work with Copac. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, but two, it makes progress really difficult because on, on a mindset level, on a business level, every level, that if you can't just be honest with each other, as long as you know that that person's values are in the right place, so and you've probably sussed that out by that point anyway, if you can't have a straight conversation where one of you might say something that maybe isn't politically correct or one of you might say something that you don't know how to explain properly. There can't be any judgment there. That, yeah. Like we don't expect our clients to know 
how Facebook ads work or how LinkedIn ads work. We just expect them to tell us what their objectives and their goals are, and it's up to us to know that. So for me to then turn around and be offended by the fact they're paying no attention to how the mechanics of a Facebook ad works <laughs> would be ridiculous. But equally, if someone's goal is they want 10 Ferraris, I need to dig deeper into why they want 10 Ferraris, and I need to make a decision from our end if that's something we want to be involved in, or will that not really motivate our team and therefore we're not a good fit? And that kind of straight talking sort of really, I think, really important to all business. Yeah, and, and sort of it is one of the reasons that we, on our discovery call with Andy, such respected that is like he... He didn't grill us, but he did ask us questions. So it was like, no. And he was like, questions that we've not been asked for by most people. Like, so where do you plan? Do you just like plan to just grow your client base and then increase your price? And we was like, no, hell no. Like, this is going nationwide, worldwide. We're not content with just that. And and then the questions spiral from there. And also me and Neil have known each other for like 15 plus years so we've been into business together for the last couple of years and we have rows at the end that we don't agree with everything mm. that we have to say. So if we took offense to everything, we probably wouldn't have even lasted when we were working together in a leisure center. Sure. Like, and, and that's important for us as well. It's like people that you can go, do you know what? You're an idiot. You've done that wrong. Big deal. Let's just squash it, move on. Let's correct it. We had a row laying the AstroTurf that was here because we pulled it too hard and it folded up and neither of us would agree that we were wrong and it was the biggest row we had in a long while. We didn't talk to each other for half a day and then it was like, oh, do you want coffee? It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like a huge row. There's a row over AstroTurf. I, uh, of all people, I had this conversation with my barber yesterday that there's a real issue in society where everything's polarised and so it's not okay to disagree in society anymore. People, yeah. are, people have like a real issue with disagreeing with people. Yeah. And, and me and the barber who's sort of, I mean, me and him disagree on all sorts. And I'm sure, you know, he <laughs> listens to the podcast and Scott, it's fine. We're allowed to disagree. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but we're really comfortable with disagreeing with each other. Like he's got his opinion. I've got mine. I've openly said to him, look, some of my opinions are facts, so the fact that you disagree with them is ridiculous. And, <laughs> and he's turned around and said, well, I don't think they are facts. And it's kind of like, I really enjoy that. And I think as an entrepreneur, that's a really important thing for a business owner, to be able to disagree with people and not be offended and not sort of dwell on it and wallow in it, but to be like, all right, well, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one, but let's let's yeah. let's compromise or let's move forward this way or let's do this. And the media and society tells you to do different. If you disagree, you need to troll that person. If you disagree, you need to make sure it's reported to the relevant party. And it's bollocks. Like, it's okay to not have the same opinion as someone. Yeah, and I think you can never grow because at the end of the day, there's got to be an element of someone has to disagree with something for them to want to find a better or a yeah. correct solution for that, whether it's political or whether it's mechanical or whether it's like, hang on, that might be as factual as it can be up to that point, but it doesn't sit right with me. So I'm now going to go do the work to either prove you wrong or prove myself 
like prove to myself that you're right either way i'm going to get to the bottom of it yeah and for me that that's growth like i had um sort of this running joke with staff at the leisure center i used to work with and there was like if james ever rowed of you you were in the wrong because i never went into an argument not being loaded with facts so I wouldn't go to a staff member, oh, have you emptied that bin outside? And they go, yeah. And I'll be like, oh, really? And they go, look, often other staff members walk into the room and go, look, he knows you haven't done it. Just go and do it. <laughs> and things like that. So if I'm willing to like have an argument with someone, I tend to be back to facts. Yeah. If I'm listening to them, it's because I, I don't know the answer and I want them to sort of feed into me. I, I love to learn. I hate to stagnant yeah yeah i'm i'm the same and i love people's opinions mm. and, I, and i really enjoy yeah. i really enjoy when someone has a wildly different opinion to me yeah because you learn so much even when <laughs> even when you know they're wrong it, it, it's such an interesting moment and you can pull so much from that i mean for a marketing company it's literally like the fuel to our fire because i can be like well they react entirely different to that scenario than i do so if I was marketing to them, I need to think about this, 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 and this. And I love that. I, I, it's a shame that people find it, you know, there's like a blame culture and it's like, well, you know, it's, it's the working class, it's the middle class, it's the aristocracy, it's the Queen's fault, it's the French's fault. And it's like, no, it isn't. Like, we've all got a part to play. Yeah. And I think that's like, it's so damaging to... To everything now like the reason that me and neil are good at what we do and we and we are and we're, we're quite proud to say is because we've gone against the norm like neil's been classically trained as such as a um, neuro stroke rehabilitation trainer yeah he's taken his training and he's adapted it and he's it's his adaptions and what he's doing now that gives him the quick results and the, yeah. the fixed results to the point that he even went back to the organization that he learned from the other day and they tried to correct him. And he was like, no, you're wrong. He's like that, that person is beyond that level. You're trying to teach them. Like we need to do something different. Um, and the same with mental health. It's always, Oh, X, Y, Z needs to happen for you to be diagnosed with this. And it's like, well, why are we just looking at this one factor? Why are we not looking at all these other factors? Why are we not looking at this person as an individual and trying to suss it out and rather than pulling off the shelf traditional old ways out and trying to like help this person this way? Why are we not addressing their actual issues that they're having at the moment? Yeah. Dealing with that. And and that's where my sort of expertise come in and Neil's and we've mashed them together to create what we're doing at the hub. Um and it is, and we joke about how we, we're always annoying people, we're always pissing people off, like the council, the people that we like work with, all the governments and new organisations that we work with, they're always like, that's not the way you do it. So we're like, like, Sodja, we'll go do it by ourselves. And that's got us in trouble. Mm. Like trying to grow the business is hard when you're trying to do it upstream. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's worth it. Every time we get a success, it, it's worth it. It's like, yeah, do you know what? We're proving to everyone that we were right in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And I think... That's another entrepreneurial type attitude of like, <laughs> just like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. So watch, yeah. watch me, watch me. And like, uh, I don't know if you've seen the Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix. Um, no, I'm not going around to it, but is it on my list? Um, every episode in it, they find a point where he's like, and this time it was personal. And it's it just like, every time someone tells him he can't do something, 
it motivates him to do it. And then even when those scenarios don't occur, he will find something to annoy him to fire him up to achieve. Yeah. So he would like he would wait for someone on the court to like give him a bit of stick. Like, this time it was personal and then <laughs> it's just so funny but I, I love that right i promised the listeners geekiness um and we've been really we've been really serious up to now we've talked about anxiety suicide depression stroke rehab um and genuinely if if you're you or a loved one needs support with that kind of thing the well-being hub is the place to look if they can't help you, you guys will point people in the right direction. I'm yeah, sure. 100%. So, signposting is so important. So, anyway, enough of the serious <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Who is your favourite superhero? Right, I want to, before I answer, I'm going to address this. Before it was famous, he was my favorite, like, most favourite superhero. Okay. And that is Deadpool, like before Ryan Reynolds. Okay. To the point that I even had like my wedding was marvel themed believe it or not no way yep my um, wife allowed it she was good as gold so it is all if you looked from the outside you wouldn't have noticed but if you looked at the table plans there were all legitimate marvel wedding themed front covers from I'm, all marvel i'm uh, so far comics. out of my depth in this conversation <laughs> <laughs> and then um then yeah, all the groomsmen, including myself, had a special Marvel mask, and I was Deadpool. And I even got to take pictures with Rachel in like a really fancy setting with a Deadpool mask on. The photographer was really cool about it. Um, Why? So yeah, so that that so yeah, Deadpool proves to Ryan Reynolds purely because the fourth wall breaking and he's humour. He doesn't take. So like, what was your first exposure to Deadpool? Because I, I well, I'll tell you mine. Uh, it was the X-Men cartoon in the 90s um, yeah. where they wore the yellow outfits. So pre-X-Men films sort of thing. But comic books weren't really accessible to me where I lived. So what What about you? Yeah, it's probably when um, like comic books started to go digital. Okay. And like I remember I had um, one of the Microsoft Surface Pro things where you can turn it and it make it look like a book. And oh, okay. I started getting into like, sort of books and graphic novels. I was always into graphic novels. So I remember it was um, Deadpool, uh, Deadpool kills a Marvel universe. And it was basically <laughs> his psychosis has got too much and he knew he was a comic book and he went around trying to fix the problem. And it actually ended with a couple of blank pages because he found the writers of his own comic book. Oh, that's crazy. <clears throat> so yeah. And, and all like the infinity wars before it was a film. So mm -hmm when it was that big shock horror Thanos click fingers, I already knew it was happening. Yeah. I was just glad it happened the way it did. So Okay, that's cool. <laughs> so who's who's your favourite from the film universe? Um I think obviously they've done Deadpool really well. Yeah. I think there's like a, a theory about it was actually written for Ryan Reynolds previously because yeah. they shared a both same birthday. They both come from Vancouver etc but um do you know what i think it's got to be traditional like tony stark i don't think you could portray him any other way really if you look at the, like the comics and yeah. the cartoons it is that same playboy-esque style cheekiness about him yeah i i guess because i used to watch the the iron man cartoon mm. um i'd say he was i mean robert downey jr is suave so i don't know why i'm going to say this but the cartoon Tony Stark was 
there was a little bit more class about him than Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Tony Stark. But it was I, le- less humour, wasn't it? It was yeah. more like rich entrepreneur billionaire less playboy yeah yeah but i still wouldn't change it it's cool yeah yeah okay so who's i'm trying to i'm so far out of my depth now you're completely (laughs) thrown by your wedding situation um what the groomsmen what other characters were there there was deadpool so there was i was deadpool we had uh wolverine we had Iron Man was my little nephew. We had uh, Captain America, and so there's one more. Oh, Spider Man. Cool. See, Wolverine and the Punisher are my favourites. Wolverine is my stepdad's favourite. It was when we were we used to watch the X Men comics together, or like the cartoons together as well. That used to be quite a regular thing. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a a niche podcast now, so we might as well go there. (laughs) And then, obviously, we we got into cinema and we used to spend like weekends going uh, to the cinema together. And it just, yeah, we've seen all the MCU, so I'm I'm looking forward to showing my son when he's older, just showing him the MCU. So, I I obviously, I'm not the uninitiated. I'm aware the X Men films and the Wolverine films are not strictly marvel films as such but i think there's a strong argument that logan is one of the best comic book films ever made it's unreal yeah you see yeah it's intense and um i think they missed the trick there of sort of expanding that like you have the story of old man logan yeah and it goes further into like the hulk thing like yeah, yeah. Takes over the planet sort of thing so they missed the trick there so maybe they might go back to I, I wonder if that's that's an option for them because they've they've not been able to explore the whole yeah. character anything like how they wanted to um, no. and you just think will they will they do that especially with the multiverse why they can just do whatever they want now so and with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman winding each other up all the time It'd be a shame. Like yeah. The, the other the other story arc that I was a little bit guy they didn't sort of explore was the Thanos Deadpool death love triangle. So, yeah, I've no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so, so basically like that comic, Deadpool gets his like regenerative abilities from like uh Thanos because okay. every time he kept dying he kept chatting up death and Thanos and Death was in love with each other. So basically there was a beef. Yeah, so he's like, right, you can't die anymore, so you can't chat up my girlfriend, go away, sort of thing. Oh, I see. That's quite cool. Is this a really bad time to admit that I'm a DC guy? Is that gonna, no, is that it's all right, deep? Joe. We, we have met you now, I'll accept it. It's like, uh, it's like I have to accept Neil's a Tottenham fan, so it's uh, fine. Hang on, who do you support? <laughs> You're going to say Arsenal now, aren't you? No, I'm not. Do you know what? I'm, I'm more into American football, but my stepdad's West Ham. I was... I picked Newcastle when I was young because I didn't know where Newcastle was in the country. And I actually, I, I know I'm American you, football more. You than picked football. Newcastle because Faustino Aspria played for them. I reckon one hundred percent. That is the correct answer. No one's ever guessed it. Do you Easy. Know what? No one. I, I, I'm plugging you and I are a similar age, and I reckon, <laughs> I reckon Faustino Aspria did that backflip, and you're like, that's the team for me. Yep. 
100%. No one's ever, ever guessed that. Everyone goes, everyone goes Alan Shearer, and I'm like, nah, this isn't, yeah. this isn't an Alan Shearer thought, guy. Oh, why I'm Newcastle? Is that far? I was like, I hadn't a clue where Newcastle was when I picked it. But those Asprilla flips, that that was it. And that's what actually got me to Newcastle. Yeah. I, like, I want to watch that. I remember at that kind of age, a lot of kids like Newcastle because of Asprilla. Quite a few kids like Spurs because of Ginola. Um, and then or Man United because of Cantona and it was sort of before Man United were mega successful it was just purely based on these cool personalities in the club (laughs) a bit like superheroes really so yeah yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a DC guy Um, Batman's my my jam (laughs) yeah no yeah I have massive respect for Batman Batman and Joker but it's been a, a disgraceful time for DC at the cinema so um I can't defend it. it. I just, I try and like it, and I just can't. I'm, I'm excited about the Robert Pattinson Batman. I think that'll be good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't understand Batman versus Superman, a, a Justice League film. Just no. And I thought Ben Affleck was a great choice, just executed terribly. So yeah, and there's, there's, and again, they, they miss, um. It was they missed like the sort of elements from the comic book that make it like really dark and gritty. And yeah, they tried he, to make it sort of for everyone, but it's not DC. Yeah. He's supposed to be Batman's that meant way. to be addicted to drugs at that point. Yeah. You know, like, he's literally yeah. like filling himself full of steroids and painkillers to get over the yeah. years of abuse on his body. And yeah, yeah, and what he does to Superman in the comics, that yeah. Batman versus Superman, he's criminal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cruel. He's like, like you wouldn't get away with that, and. I've, it's a shame, yeah. It's a shame. Like, I enjoy the darkness of the DC comics, but at the moment, I'm also enjoying the humour of the films yeah. as well. They've put a bit more humour into the film, like slapstick into the films of DC. Yeah, I, uh, Zack Snyder, I can't, I just can't get into it. I, yeah. I, I'm trying, <laughs> but I just, it doesn't rub with me at all. And it's all really like, I don't, I don't, I love the Nolan films, and I think that, I think that caused them a lot of trouble really because it was it was a bit like um the blade films the first two blade films were so gritty and serious that when they yeah. tried to make blade a bit lighter and a bit more like the comic everyone was like well, what what the hell's this and they're probably yeah. they're probably like netflix the stuff netflix have done with daredevil and punisher and um the others <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> I can't remember, the one that really annoys me. I can't remember its name now. But um, they're they're quite gritty, and now they've passed back to Disney. I think there's a bit of an issue there. But I'm also reading Daredevil's going to be in the latest Spider Man. So who knows? Yeah, here's a fun fact. My um, <clears throat> my gamer tag and original email address was based on the villain from the Blade Two movie, No Match Villain. Why? The, the Reaper. Yeah, yeah the, I enjoy the, the like, film so much. The guy yeah. whose mouth opens like a yeah creepy. Yeah. See, I do know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like as a kid, and I definitely wasn't old enough. But the opening scene in Blade, where he goes into the blood rave um, in the abattoir, I just thought that was the best thing ever. Yeah, it was like, I thought the music was cool. I thought the film. Like, I didn't even understand what cinematography was then, but I was like, this is just unbelievable it's so cool um but then yeah blades well blades coming back but i 
I think it might be a bit of a gentle version this time. So yeah, yeah. There's not not many films start off with Ramstein playing in the background. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all for it. Right. Have you got any questions for me before we wrap up? Um. Do you know what? Not so much. I don't think. It's, I've just. To be honest, uh, I was just really glad to that to sort of see the way you guys operate firsthand as well. Yeah. So, like anybody like debating on whether to work with you guys, like definitely like help. Pl- like, I'm plugging you now on your. Oh, I lo- love it, love it. Carry um, on. Just like book of the discovery call. Like we've, we've spoke to to Andy a few times. Now we spoke to you a few times, and it's just human. It's nice to have that connection. We've talked to some people where it's just feels like it goes through the process. Yeah. Of, like, I was just, like, even through, like, an accountancy, we we went through about five accountants before we finally with the one we are. And we didn't even, like, do anything with them, just purely the way they messaged us back, contacted us, sent their sort of, like, prices across. It was very inhuman. Yeah. So that's what we sort of loved about you. And when you come down and, and got what we was all about as well, like we didn't need to explain the basics of what we wanted and the, what we're doing. You sort of got that straight away and then we just added to it and, and it yeah. just seemed to work. And, yeah. and to be fair, we, we're so looking forward to seeing what you guys do. It's unreal. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, even just now you've talked about COVID recovery and that's got the cogs wearing for me because, um, <laughs> well, strange situation. I'm not sure if I've had COVID or not. Um, but I was so, so ill in March last year before it all blew up and everyone knew what was yeah. going on. Uh collapsed in the gym and I and I've been relatively breathless ever since. And I've seen loved ones and friends who have really been beaten up by COVID. And I think there's gonna be this massive gap in in society not well, not a gap in society, but it's gonna be this massive gap where there's people who are suffering the long-term effects of COVID and no one's really talking about it. It's... Yeah. It's... Uh, they're, like, sort of scared at the moment. They're, yeah. They're doing... There's studies going on about the effects of long COVID and we've seen enough people... Like, we're very cautious. We we get tested regularly. We uh, we still wear our masks when we're outside, etc. because yeah. we work with so vulnerable people. But the people that we know that have had COVID... It's respiratory that seems to be the main issue. Yeah. And like to turn this thing a whole circle as such, because me and you actually have PT and nutrition backgrounds, we can see the the sort of trends yeah. in both mental health and physical health in everything that we do. So we're noticing these symptoms uh, early on and we can we're able to compare them to like cardiac rehab to COVID, like sort of long COVID rehab is very similar. Yeah. And so why are they not rolling this stuff out? Like if we can notice it, two little black guys in a little hub can notice it. Why are the, why are people that empower not that have got the brains behind them and not going, right, we're going to trial this out. Yeah. And I think they're too scared to do anything that's going to possibly put them in a bad light at the moment. But yeah, yeah, definitely. The one symptom that we've noticed that's very frequent to everyone is a sort of cardiovascular sort of relapse. People are, are less; um, they're more breathless. Yeah, they're struggling to do as much cardio as they used to, um, and then they're trying to go straight into those levels rather than ease back into it. So that's 
definitely something we've noticed with long COVID. Yeah, for sure. So how do people get in touch with you? So uh, for your new beautiful website that you guys have done. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good start, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the world, theworldbeinghub.me, um, our, our Instagram, which is the wellbeinghub UK, or if they want to get directly into touch with me, it's the uh, fitness and mind coach. Yep. And Neil is a uh, Neil Heppel stroke rehabilitation. Catchy. Catchy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem is when he shortens it, it says NHS. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, you gotta be careful with that one. <laughs> it's it's been awesome chatting to you. Thanks for coming on the Stay Hungry Podcast. Yeah, and you. Thanks very much.